This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Get ready for Vancouver's premier real estate podcast. Your source for buying, selling, and investing in Vancouver's real estate market. With your hosts, two guys with faces for radio, Adam and Matt Scalina. And welcome back to the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And we have a fantastic episode for you today. We really do, yeah. I'm really excited. We've got Holly Sovdi, the lead city planner with the downtown division for the city of Vancouver. Real coup for this Upstart Podcast, for sure. (laughs) For sure. I'm not sure he knew who we were, actually. So uh, we're we're fortunate (laughs) we got him. Uh, Regardless... We did get him, and he's going to be speaking to us about the end of the viaducts, which uh, is fantastic. He's a he's a great guy, yeah. And I've I've noticed, like Matt, I know you've dealt with the city a lot. Well, you know what? As a realtor, you you do all the time. You have to be in constant contact with the planning department over there. So yeah, yeah. And they're fa- and I use them all the time as well, and they're fantastic. So really excited about having yeah, Holly it's kinda, on the, sh- on the kinda show. Kind of surprised that he spoke with uh, us as the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast episode four. Really great. But at the same time, the city is always accessible, and they and they clearly like to engage the public. So it's uh, in that way, it's not that big of a surprise for sure. For sure, I'm still a little surprised. <laughs> but <laughs> me, anyway. me too. <laughs> okay, so we had a busy week here in our market, and I'd love to just kind of go over what. How was your week? What was the week in review here? Yeah, it was uh, it was really busy, uh, scrambling. Uh, good times though. Uh, one of the things that I uh, wanted to point our listeners to was a was an article in the Vancouver Sun this week by Barbara Yaffe entitled "Will 2016 Be the Year of the Condo?" Right, and that seems to be supported by a lot of the stats that we've been seeing. Um, you know, in, in, for example, in episode one, we talked about how the market was up about 20 to 25%, depending on the area, but in the, in the attached market, right? Yeah, exactly. What I really took from this article, uh, and it's something that we talk about all the time is that Vancouverites just have to get used to the fact that densification is here 
and the stats point to it, and uh, and it's it's the future for the city. Right, and that actually reminds me of last summer when Bob Rennie was giving his uh, you know annual address at the Urban Development Institute, urging Vancouverites to give up the the dream of the single family home. And that was his argument, right? It was yeah, basically yeah. that densification will solve the affordability issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one one paragraph that stuck out to me uh, was that single-family homes, detached houses, will make up just 10% of greater Vancouver housing by 2040. Wow. So one out of 10 people in Vancouver by 2040 will be living in detached homes. So keep your house, maybe? That's one. one. <laughs> two two things. One, get, if you're in a condo, potentially get used to being in it for the, you know, you're there for the long haul. Right. And uh, and second of all, uh, yeah, that just points out that hey, single family homes are still you buy that dirt if you can if you can get into that market, get that dirt. And I'm actually noticing that a lot of buyers right now are recognizing that even if they have the budget for a detached home they're deciding that they want to live in a condo or a townhouse and and compromise that for the right area and the right kind of lifestyle. That's it, right? You know, uh, condo market downtown and the surrounding areas, you got walkability, uh, livability. It's just... uh, For sure. You got the restaurants, you got... You got the shops, you got, um, you know, lifestyle. There's there's more schools. There's that brand new school uh, coming up in Crosstown. Yeah, and people are seeing that, and the city is uh, is pointing in that direction as well. And Northeast Falls Creek is, is a perfect example of that. For sure. The city's doing an excellent job kind of looking where they can add more densification and also just uh, what they can do to kind of improve mm-hmm. accessibility to certain areas. Yeah, I mean, so with the viaducts coming down, which we'll talk to Holly Sovdi in a minute about, I mean, you see Chinatown, the Main Street corridor, kind of reconnected with yeah. uh, with Chinatown and Gastown. You see Strathcona. I just don't know where the traffic's going to go, but but we'll talk. To, we'll talk. <laughs> Holly's to Holly. got the answers. Holly's okay, got the answers. for sure. So, without further ado, here's our interview with Holly Sovdi, lead city planner with the downtown division for the city of Vancouver. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Okay, Holly, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Holly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so my name is Holly Savdi. I'm the lead city planner with the downtown division at the city of Vancouver. And I've been working on the viaducts and Northeast Falls Creek planning process for the last two years. Okay, so we, we wanted to talk to you today about the uh, the Georgia viaducts coming down as, as well as the future plans for Southeast Falls Creek. And um, the first thing I, I was reading back in Northeast Falls Creek. Northeast Falls Creek. Sorry, my my mistake. Uh, And I was reading back, and there's an interesting quote uh, of yours. You said that the viaducts create a a physical and psychological barrier between East Van and Falls Creek. Can you elaborate on that point? Right. Right. Yeah. No, no. You know what? um, As part of the planning process that we've been engaging residents and business owners and various stakeholders from around the city and region, in over the past, I'd say, seven years, um, you know, what we heard quite clearly was the viaduct structures themselves really limit access uh, for people who aren't driving a car, but rather choosing to walk or cycle or even taking transit. They, they, they pose a barrier between eastern Vancouver residents and the False Creek waterfront both physically but also psychologically. And often what I heard when talking to folks, um, you know, on Main Street, whether it was business owners or or residents in the area was, Main Street 
if you're walking along either north or south and you run into the viaducts, it's very much a physical and psychological barrier. The retail, the shops, all of that just stops, comes to a halt, and you've got two overpasses flying above you and quite an uncomfortable experience at the ground level. So we heard that again and again. Um, you know, in terms of the psychological barrier, I think it also applies to the space underneath the viaducts to the west of Quebec Street, where really it's unutilized land. It's fenced off. It isn't a very pleasant space to be in. So we heard that quite often uh, talking to residents and business owners. Okay, Holly. So can you just uh, outline the plan? Sure. So as I mentioned, for the last seven years, we've been undertaking a lot of planning and engineering work in what we call Northeast Falls Creek. So essentially the, the space between Camby Street Bridge and over to around Main Street, right along Falls Creek Waterfront. It represents about almost 100 acres of land. And what we've been doing is looking at the future of of that neighborhood. So for the past 30 years, there's been a place, there's been a plan in place to develop Falls Creek North, we call it, a lot of the Concord lands. And those lands have been developing over time. And where we are today is the last remaining portion of False Creek North, which we call Northeast False Creek. Um, it's, it's getting close to being ready to develop. So what city staff and working with the public um, we were able to do was question, what do we want the future of this space to look like? Is it a space that develops as a neighborhood surrounding freeway structures? Or is this a truly walkable livable entertainment district on the waterfront with a street network that still works for cars, but is also much better for other modes of transportation and much greener in the long term. And I think ultimately what we ended up hearing at the end of the day was we can come up with a plan for Northeast Falls Creek that can check a lot of city objectives, a lot of public objectives, and be a much better outcome at the end of the day while still accommodating all of the traffic flow that the viaducts accommodate today and into the future. Okay, so just to touch on that, so what would be some of those objectives? So I would say that the future growth in Northeast Falls Creek uh, achieves a number of public objectives. First and foremost, affordable housing. Um, The plan that Council approved in October of 2015 says that for all new development, a minimum of 20% of the new housing would be affordable housing. So that's, that's a significant opportunity to deepen affordability right in the downtown, the core of our city. Another public objective that we can achieve is additional job space. So Northeast Falls Creek, one of our objectives is 1.8 million square feet of new job space to be located into that area. To give you a sense of numbers, that's between six and 8,000 new jobs. We think about another public objective, Um, you know, a lot of the residents in the area have been for many years asking for the major waterfront park right along the creek along Quebec Street. So this is really our opportunity to expand on that waterfront park for for the future and create a space that really works for a lot of people, tying in Chinatown, Gastown and some of the neighborhoods to the east, right to the water and right into the downtown. I'd say the last but certainly not least objective is around the history of the area. And you look at the history and the cultural influences that have affected, you know, the Main Street area, uh, the two city blocks, the the two blocks that the city owns between Quebec and Gore Street. That was Vancouver's first black community. That's essentially where the black community was situated. And that community was 
essentially displaced when the viaducts were constructed in the early 70s. So this presents an opportunity to, to really look at the history, the cultural influences, and recognize that in whatever takes place in, in form of new development or arts or programming in the area in the future. That's interesting. And I did realize uh, that when the viaducts were created, that it displaced that, uh, that historic black community that uh, not many people know about. What, is, what does that look like on the ground? You know, at this point, um, what, what council has approved is a conceptual plan for Northeast Falls Creek. And really what that is, is that's a high-level guiding framework for all of the detailed planning that has to take place over the next two years. But that framework took a look at the two city blocks between Quebec and Gore, essentially the, the old Hogan's Alley. And it put in place a framework where we can recognize that history through built form, through urban design, through art, and potentially even some of the programming in the areas. So in addition to that, we've got Chinatown that extends on Main Street to the north. So there's an opportunity to not only recognize Hogan's Alley, but potentially a bit of the Chinatown influence that this community essentially ties right into the waterfront and the new park that's going to be built. In terms of more detailed um, or more definitive answer to your question, I think that a lot of the details around the physical structures, the types of land uses, the the ways that we recognize that history, over the next two years, we're going to have a lot of public discussions, sure. a lot of uh, stakeholder groups to figure that out. Sure, sure. Is there? Do you have a sense of whether there's going to be residential towers in that in that area where the city owns those blocks just, just because when i look at the plan you know one thing that strikes me uh is that they're they're with that giant park space that it looks like there's, there's a lot of green space yeah there's it. not uh in terms of the housing shortage there doesn't look like there's a lot of towers going in right so on the two city blocks in particular just east of quebec there um you know at this point it looks like there there will be a mixed use development on both blocks. What we'll really want to do is is tie Main Street back together using retail on the ground level. So you can imagine in the future walking Main Street and where the viaducts stand today, instead there are new cafes or shops or retailers, new new storefronts that line the street, uh, patios, activity on on the sidewalk, all of a sudden that's a much different place. Mm -hmm. And then above and behind that retail, we can look at mixed housing. So there could be market housing, there could be a mix of some affordable housing. Um, You know, I think that mixed-use development will bring a lot of vibrancy and vitality to that area. And so just to kind of recap on, you were were talking about addressing the public. So what are the plans in place to make sure that the public voice is heard over the next few years? Good question. Um, Over the last seven years, we've had a lot of public dialogue, a lot of public discussion to get us to this point where we've got a conceptual plan that's been approved by council. Now, what council has asked city staff to do is over the next two years, Um, take that conceptual plan and flesh out the details, really get to the nitty-gritty of what types of buildings are going where, what do they look like, what are the densities, what are the land uses, what what is the programming in the parks, where are the pathways, the walkways, the street network, what does that look like? So that's over the next two years what we're going to be doing in terms of our discussion and our engagement with residents throughout the city, business owners from uh, around the area, as well as many citywide and regional stakeholder groups. So you think TransLink or, or um, you think some of the uh, the business groups, the Downtown Vancouver Business Association, the Chinatown BI, those types of groups as well. So okay, a, a real wholesome discussion, I would say. 
Right. And so one of the things that keeps coming up and we've heard from our clients is where's all the traffic going to go? And obviously that's got to be a hot topic issue. You know, it is. Um, We recognize all along that if we were going to suggest to council that replacing the viaducts could be achieved, there had to be an option that could um, mitigate any of the concerns related to traffic. Where is it going to go? Is it going to go into another neighborhood? Uh, is it going to just back up a lot more? So, so we had to do a lot of analysis, a lot of rigorous uh, engineering work to figure that out. Where we landed at the end of the day is a recommended street network that can accommodate all of the traffic that we have today on the two viaducts and the two roads below Pacific and Expo on a new Pacific Boulevard. Okay. Pacific Boulevard essentially connecting at Prior and Quebec and heading west on the ground, connecting up to Georgia Street and then over to the existing Pacific Boulevard over by the Canby Street Bridge. And we've got plans on our webpage as well that you can take a look at if you're interested. But that street can accommodate all of the traffic we have today as well as all of the future traffic projections that we have. So it's six lanes in total. And when you look at those lanes, it's three in each direction during rush hour to accommodate the real peak demand. Okay. And then during, during times of the day and the evening when it isn't rush hour, essentially it's two lanes in each direction and then you've got a lane of parking on the outside. So those lanes, not only for cars, but all of a sudden we can get buses accessing the downtown using this new Pacific Boulevard, whereas currently with the viaducts, that's mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, okay, so what's the timeline for this? Is it a 2020 thing? Is it When can we expect this to happen? Yeah, so, so we've got a lot of discussions to take place with the communities and, and the different stakeholder groups over the next two years. During that two years, we're also going to be um, finalizing the plans and the designs for the street networks, the replacement street network. So we expect that if, if all goes well, we've got two years of planning and design work. That would be followed by approximately two years worth of construction, where the two viaduct structures, the Georgia and Dunsmere viaduct, would be pulled out and the new street network would be built in its place. So we expect that that could be accomplished with, within a, a four-year time period, planning, design, plus construction. Wow, so we're, we're thinking 2020 then. Uh, approximately 2020 yeah wow do you have a sense it looks to me it looks like a net positive quite clearly uh do you see any negatives well you know there's a lot of positives and you know it's it's taken a lot of work to get to where we are today in terms of understanding what are the challenges and how do we how do we address those challenges Mm -hmm. um you know, I think out of the next two years, we really have to get an understanding of, of how the conceptual plan can land on the ground in a way that works for all of the different stakeholder groups and, and, and can achieve the city objectives that I outlined earlier. I think, you know, no doubt there's going to be challenges. There, there will be difficult discussions that will take place. But overall, I think it's a really big win in my perspective. I mean, my role as part of the project over the last two years has been really the lead city planner. And my my job has been making sure I'm out there working with different residents and business owners. And there's a lot of optimism out there, like a lot of great ideas flowing around how this can transform people's lives. And when you think about it, the newly created West Georgia Street that would be extended right down to Pacific Boulevard and False Creek, that opens up an opportunity to connect our downtown. On the west, we've got Georgia Street terminating at Lost Lagoon in the fountain. 
On the east, it would terminate at False Creek with vistas of Science World, and it would become Vancouver's ceremonial street. And when you think about it, another point that excites a lot of people is the idea that not only will Georgia Street connect our downtown to the water on both sides, but as part of Northeast False Creek, it will connect the two stadiums, both BC Place and Rogers Arena, right to the water. And there's an opportunity for a celebration space, an entertainment district, a heart to our city, a place where people can meet and socialize, where the waterfront can be activated. We can have a lot of fun as a city. Right, right. Well, that that's maybe a, a, a good place to end it there. Um, All right, guys. Thank you so much yeah, for doing thanks this. thanks for the time. You're welcome. Have a great okay. day. All right, take care. Right. Bye. So there you have it, folks, our interview with Holly Sovdi from the city of Vancouver. Yeah, we should reiterate one more time, just thank Holly for taking the time to speak with us. For that sure. was really, really uh, helpful. For sure. And, and uh, Yeah, exactly. And and I think people don't realize how much work goes into a lot of the planning and, and community engagement that no Holly kidding. and uh, his team are doing. So uh, exactly. fantastic stuff. So Adam, what was uh, what was your takeaway from that? Well, I think I'm actually really excited about the more more parkland, twenty yeah. percent um, more affordable housing in the area, uh, and I think they actually do have a good plan of kind of rolling this out, engaging the public and the stakeholders. And the other thing is, is I was surprised to hear that 2020. I mean, I, I've read it's that. Real quick, like, yeah, it, it really hits home. It hits home when you hear somebody say it. Yeah, I think yeah, from no the city, kidding. how quickly this is gonna this is all gonna take place. Exactly, and I think of clients of mine who have actually just recently purchased within the last year and maybe have a five year fixed. Well, they're they're going to be in a position where that area is going to be fantastic pop, by the time yeah. that their mortgage is up, and maybe they'll want to sell at that time. And who knows? Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Uh, you or know, maybe they'll want to stay. Actually, <laughs> I was just going to say that that's my takeaway. I mean, is the area just sounds like it's going to be incredible? I mean, those viaducts are a real barrier, and connecting those those communities, uh, the green space. I mean, it's it's just seems like it's going to be a really great place to be, and it's land that has been like holly said underutilized so it's just great to see that there's a there's some major changes happening there yeah and a, and a great plan in place yeah, for sure absolutely perfect so if you enjoyed the podcast please do us a favor and go on to itunes subscribe and rate us yeah that's a real help and you can also check out our website to see show notes we're going to have a link to the city's um rendition of of the viaducts coming down what's going to be there yeah and um, also, we'll have uh, we'll have some more links to uh, other things we talked about in the show notes, like yeah, the Barbara, Barbara Yaffe, Yaffe article. article for sure. Uh, and uh, so how can they reach you? Matt? Yeah, I was going to say, and uh, any questions, comments, concerns, uh, you can give me a shout seven seven eight eight four seven two eight five four or at Matt at Scalina Real Estate dot com. And I can be reached at seven seven eight eight six six four five seven four or Adam at ScalinaRealEstate.com. And uh, we're also going to be dealing with some questions that that a few people have had in upcoming episodes. So we're really excited. So stay tuned and have a great week. Talk to you soon. This has been the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast with Adam and Matt Scalina. Contact us anytime at 778-866-4574 or 778-847-2854 or online at www.scalinarealestate.com. Subscribe today. Hey, everyone. 
Pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. <laughs> 